Hey there. The holidays are here, so it's good to know Fred Meyer can save you some time with free pickup on all your fresh favorites. Whether your traditions call for a hearty helping of juicy ham, ample apple pie, or Aunt Sue's legendary twice-stuffed stuffing, Fred Meyer has got you covered. So order for free pickup at fredmeyer.com or the app and get more time to get your holiday on when you grab your groceries curbside. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Welcome to the Everyday Mindfulness Show, where we educate and inspire people to live fuller lives through mindful practices. Let's get started with your host, New York Times contributor, leadership advisor, sought-after keynote speaker, the author of the Amazon hot new release, Everyday Mindfulness from Chaos to Calm in a Crazy World. She's smart, strong, sassy, and a trendsetter in the field of mindful leadership. Your host, Holly Duckworth. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Everyday Mindfulness Show, where we get to explore what it means to live mindfully in this world that is often whipped up in chaos and fear. We get to talk to authors and experts and coaches and consultants and moms and dads. And today I am bringing you a very heart-filled, soulful connection with a new friend and colleague in this professional self-development work, um, Susanna Liller. Susanna, welcome to the show. Thank you, Holly. It's great to be here. Well, you know, we have had a lot of opportunities to be mindful in, in hooking up the show. You know, people think these shows just happen and there's audio and video and technology and schedules. And thank you so much for just rolling with all of the, the flow that, that shows up. And in that is those opportunities to experience our own mindlessness and mindfulness. And you just keep rising to the challenge. Right. Thank you. And you forgot not only the technology, but making sure that I put the dog outside so the dog isn't barking, so that too. So when we start the show, we often start with this question, what is your definition of mindfulness? Because what makes this word awesome is there's not one agreed upon definition, but lots of people looking at this through multiple lenses. So how do you um, define mindfulness? I would say very basically paying attention, noticing, um, Paying attention, noticing, being aware. Awesome. I think no matter how we look at it in a lot of ways, we always kind of come back to this. And I say it's the practice of being present in the moment. And sometimes that moment is on a mountaintop or at a beach or at home or in the office, but in a world of 24-7, go, 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 go. But yet there's so much changing right now. That can help us a lot. So how has mindfulness helped you as a professional woman making your way in the world? Well, I can tell you, and I'm proud of this, that five years ago I became a meditator. And I had always wanted to, to meditate. And people would say to me, you know, Susanna, meditation would be great for you. And I would try it. I'd read books. I've been to retreats where we'd meditate over the weekend but I wouldn't keep it going. And what I've realized about myself is that I need somebody to hold me accountable. So I knew I needed to go to a course or a class or somebody who'd be checking in on me. And I signed up to be taught transcendental meditation. 
And lucky for me, I live in Maine and there was a woman who is close to me and 80 years old, had been practicing since she was 30 and she learned from the Maharishi who actually was the one who introduced us to Transcendental Meditation. And I got to learn from her. And to do that, you go every day on a weekend and learn what you need to learn and get your mantra. And then you have to keep checking up with her first once a week and then a month and then finally you graduate. So what I knew was I had to do that in order to stick with it. And I have stuck with it and it has changed my life. So would you be willing to share what your mantra was? No, because you're not supposed to tell what you oh, I didn't know this. See, I, the show, you learn, I learn something every day. This is amazing. So I can't tell you, but yeah. So what it is, is it's 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes in the evening or early evening. Um, and I just go and sit in the living room and get to that place where... I'm meditating and you know initially I thought how's this going to work well it it works and I don't think I would have done what I've done over the past five years I've been able to finish writing a book and publish it and start kind of on a whole new journey in my career if I wasn't meditating regularly it has helped me a lot so I like to work with people to, to play with the idea that meditation is one form of mindfulness, but it's not necessarily the only tool for mindfulness, but it can be a bridge to your time in mind meditation, can bring meditative mindful practices into your world. Do you have maybe an example of something like maybe you've, you've felt or experienced or, or just something that you attach to because I do my meditation, I respond this way differently in my work life. So I think, so you want me to connect it to work life? Or, or if there's a story that feels right for you, yeah. Well, I, I think what I need to explain it for me, what it does, I have a spiritual belief in something greater, so the universe or God, whatever um, term you want to use. And so for me, when I take the time to meditate, it's tuning me into that energy, however you want to describe it. And so because I get tuned in, I don't know, it opens me up to be more aware. So when I then work with people, and I work as a coach, but I also work, at, I'm an um, organizational development consultant, so I work with groups in conflict. And... It just helps me hone into what's going on in that group and what the sensitivities are and to break down the pieces and know where I have to go next. And I know that that isn't necessarily my brain figuring that out. I'm not figuring it out. It's like I'm feeling guidance. And so the more I tune in, the more guidance I get, which I can use in my work life, you know, and you can call it intuition. It's improving my intuition. Um, and it helps me in everything, in my relationships, going out to the barn to take care of my sheep. <laughs> you know, I just, I'm noticing more than when I'm just 
running through the world and not paying attention. I, I couldn't agree more. Now, if somebody's listening to the show that's maybe heard of meditation or mindfulness and they're still running, running a different level of programming, but they want to start out and they say, you know, I'm, I'm willing to try. What would be maybe a, a beginner tip for you? I mean, you, you had an awareness for you. You needed accountability, buddy. And boy, did that, did that deliver for you? Um, what are some tips for somebody that's brand new that you might share? I think that um, to not just give it a cursory try, um, it, it isn't necessarily something that you can get in a day or the first couple times you try it. And I think too that the thought of what helped me was thinking of 20 minutes. I mean, yeah, I can sit still, even if it isn't working, I can sit still for 20 minutes. I can give that time to just being quiet, to being silent. And the thing about transcendental meditation is you don't fight against your thoughts. You just let them come. And then blessedly, eventually they start disappearing. But um, there's no struggle, it's easy. Um, just to give it some, try it a couple times, you know? That's, that's such, a, such a gift, because I think if, if you're still on the, the outside of, of this, this movement and, and looking, and, well, you just do it and it's just so perfect for you, but my, my squirrel mind is going off. And so the more we get to have this conversation, I think we bring some authenticity and some vulnerability and an invitation for people that I don't do it right every day and I don't, you know, I miss a day and I have to pick it back up and play with it. But the, just like brushing my teeth, when I do it every single day, I feel better about myself. I feel great. I, you know, I'm in this, this guidance and flow state as you talk about it and the, the, the experience grows on itself. Right. And it is like brushing your teeth or it's like exercise. You know, you, you say you're going to exercise an hour a day and then you don't do it and you feel bad. Well, you can exercise five minutes a day or 10 minutes a day. And what happens if it works for you, then you'll do it more. So I think that's the way to approach meditation. Even three minutes, try it, you know. So Susanna, I am really fascinated by how you um, allowed your meditative practice to come through and support you in the writing of your book. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, let's talk about that process and that book and how our readers can, or excuse me, our listeners can get a copy of it and learn about the work that you're sharing in the world. We'll be right back. The Everyday Mindfulness Show is brought to you by Leadership Solutions International. Are you hosting an upcoming conference or convention? Or looking for a speaker to provide inspiration and motivation? Would you like your audiences to know what you know as a listener of the Everyday Mindfulness Show? Check out Leadership Solutions International for more on mindful leadership keynote offerings, on-site mindfulness information centers, and trainings. You are listening to the Everyday Mindfulness Show, and we have an author, heroine, a goddess, a consultant, a woman with many hats um, on the show with us today, Susanna Luller, the author of You Are a Heroine, The Retelling of the Hero's Journey. 
thank you so much for writing this book and sharing it with us um, in a world where we're making some transitions around this masculine, feminine energy. Let's start in with the, the process of the book. How did you get, I'm going to use the word called, or how did you feel like you got this assignment and, and how did you use your, your mindfulness meditation practice to help bring those words through you onto the page? Wow. So I, I feel it was a call and I had been called to work with women for, well, since 2000 and um, had been doing workshops, helping women get in touch with their intuition and let that guide them. And then in 2008, a friend invited me to go to a library talk about the hero's journey. And I had heard of this guy, Joseph Campbell, the author, um, and but I never really got the whole message. And so I sat in that library transfixed, hearing what the heck this thing is, the hero's journey. And it's an ancient myth, and it tells the story of the hero who starts off as an ordinary person in a village, doesn't know he's got heroic qualities, and he gets a call, an inner or external call in the story. It's usually a wizard knocking on his door or something. And that takes him on a journey he has to leave his comfort zone, go on a journey, go into the unknown. And as a result, he's tested and challenged and he grows and becomes wiser and he, he becomes a hero. So this story has been in our literature since 2000 BC. And, it, and it's in there because it's the message that we need to hear that if we wanna grow and develop, we have to leave our comfort zones. We have to take a risk and step out. And so I love the story. I got his book, The Hero with a Thousand Faces. And of course, all the examples are masculine examples. And so here I am working with women and I want to teach it to them and have them know that this is the road to empowerment. To, in order to get the confidence and grow and be wise, you need to leave your comfort zone and get out there into the unknown and learn. And so I um, began to ask women to tell me their heroine's journey stories. When's, when's the time that you left your comfort zone and leaped over a new threshold and started an adventure? And that just kicked off this whole learning for me and for them about how we are doing it as women already. And so then I was doing all these workshops and um, I got another call to stop and that was very hard to do, but it was to stop because I was doing too many things and I needed time to just break away. And it's during that time that I began to feel the urge to write and talk about being mindful. I had to just quiet down and listen to that inner voice. and. I began to just get things down and I mean, it took me five years, but eventually it turned into a book. <laughs> and I think there was a second part to that question and I don't remember the second part. Oh, well, do you just expressed it so, so beautifully? How did you, how did you come through the process? And it, it's, it's so, so fun talking to authors because I, I joke my first book was four years in labor and development. That's why I never had children. <laughs> <laughs> It, 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 sometimes they get stopped. <laughs> and you know, Holly, I think you can compare it to what we were talking about with trying out meditation and it can only be five minutes. Well, I 
somehow I worked with a book coach at the beginning and it was just get your thoughts down on paper and then look at, can you group those thoughts into commonalities? I mean, it was step by step. It doesn't have to be, you know, the whole outline at the beginning. And, you know, I went one foot in front of the other for five years. We're so glad that you did. What's one key maybe story of a heroine that you share in the book? So I have three women in the book and, and their story, their heroine's journey stories are shared. And um, I think, boy, they're all, they're great. So one woman um, was a professional bicyclist and was at the top of her game, Maureen Manley. And she was actually in Europe getting ready for the women's Tour de France. And as she was going up the hill, her vision began to blur and what she had to go home you can't ride a bicycle and you can't see and what it turned out to be was multiple sclerosis and for her that was maybe the beginning of a call that things had to, a call often comes saying things have to change in your life and you sort of go with it and, and examine it and it took her a couple years to do that but then what she realized was okay she has what now could be viewed as a, as a disability but her learning as she stepped into this journey of having this multiple sclerosis was that it's it's how you respond to what happens to you that makes the difference and she tells this wonderful story about sitting on a bench and not being able to see in front of her, but she could see the next bench. And she said, okay, well, I'll get up and I'll walk to that bench. And then from that bench, you know, she could walk to the next one. And that's how she proceeded where, so now she's, she's competing again. She's on bicycles and racing and competing, but it was, how do I react to what just happened to me? And then how do I move forward? And that's been her journey. And yeah. She talks all over the country to other people about it. Yeah, I've, I've seen Maureen speak before, yeah. yeah. But what I want to say is sometimes when I talk about these kinds of stories, I mean, that's a major story. I want to be sure that everyone realizes that it can be something very different. It could be you're in a company and your comfort zone is you never say anything in meetings. And maybe the call for you will be to speak up more and to let people hear your voice and just dip your toe into that. It doesn't have to be a big leap. It can be start thinking about saying something and that could be your journey. And journeys can be small, they can be large and you go on many in your lifetime. Oh, that last sentence is so good. We go on many in our lifetime. I, I think that is a paradox of maybe, maybe life today. You know, we're, we're on some level consciousness of schooling people, you know, go to school, graduate, get into a career. And, and I think there's still an old paradigm of you have the same career forever. And yet our world is changing so dramatically. I think the number actually scientifically is like seven careers in your lifetime. Right. And, and I would say to you that most likely it's listening to a call that gets you into the next career. And, and again, how do you hear the call? you do some kind of mindfulness practice so that you have some quiet time that you can hear it. And that could be 
gardening, running, walking, however you do mindfulness. Absolutely. So what are you working on now? What am I working on now? <laughs> I'm working on putting this message out there and um, it's a whole new thing for me because I'm going to be leaving my work doing conflict management and focus more on talking to women and coaching. I coach women, I coach, I'm an executive coach, so I have been coaching, but I think it will be more specifically related to the, the heroine's journey and where people are and helping them hear the call and then supporting them to answer it because that can be hard. So how can we help you do more of that? Well, the fact that I'm here talking to you is helping, but if you could tell people that um, they can get the book and read it on Amazon, it's available. Um, and then of course, having my website, SusannaLiller.com, people can contact me. Um, so I, I, I just I have to highlight highlight for the, for the listener. This is one way that mindfulness works: is having the courage to step up and and claim what you're doing in the world and ask for it. And so, well, you know, again, none of the shows are, are scripted. Suzanne and I didn't didn't plan for this moment. I think this is a great example of living mindfulness every day. And you know, maybe you're at the grocery store and you're asking where the onions are and the answer shows up. And maybe it's a bigger thing, like I'm, I'm asking to grow my message with, with a book, but wherever you are, what career path you're taking, um, have that, that gift of, of being willing to ask. And I know, because the book is focused on more feminine heroine messages, I think that's one thing that we as women um, get to mindfully do more for one another. So thank you for indulging me in this little, little learning opportunity. And I agree with you. I think women have a harder time asking. And, you know, everything I put in that book is what I need to work on and learn. And I just, in, you know, putting it all out there, I work on mindfulness, I do the meditation, and then I get out in the world and my mind's going here and there and I'm forgetting, you know, the monkey brain is at its best. So I have to keep relearning. It's a practice, not a perfect, darn it all. <laughs> so do you have any last minute words of wisdom or advice for us before we let you get back to your business? I think, Holly, that you know, what I want women to realize, if they look back in their lives, they have left their comfort zone. They have taken leaps and gone on journeys in many different ways, careers, relationships, and so when they think about being confident in their self-esteem, know that they're a heroine on a heroine's journey. It's a time-honored journey that many other women are traveling and have traveled. Um, and it's an honor to be sharing this information and this with you and with them. And I thank you. You're so welcome. Susanna, as your work continues to expand in the world, let's keep in touch when you have another case story or another woman. Maybe we can bring the two of you on together and, and share uh, together that uh, we'd love to continue the conversation. And we're so grateful to have you here in the Everyday Mindfulness family. Thank you, Holly. It's been a pleasure, a real pleasure. Awesome. Well, remember, Mindful Matters, and so do you. Look forward to another episode next week. Thank you for joining us for today's show. 
For more mindfulness every day, visit everydaymindfulnessshow.com and download the three-day challenge and experience the ABCs of mindfulness. Thank you.